Looking to stand out from the pack at your first job? When you earn a master's in management from Georgetown, you'll gain the skills employers value most, elevating your career prospects for years to come. Get started at choosegeorgetown.com MIM. Welcome to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi again, Alan. Uh, good afternoon, Fred. It is a good afternoon. Joining us this week is a Princeton alum who has had a tremendous impact on automotive safety around the world, starting with his 1965 book, Unsafe at Any Speed. Ralph Nader, thank you for taking the time to join us. Oh, it's a welcome. Thank you. It's a privilege. Great to have you. Ralph, you've been outspoken this year about a bill in Congress designed to speed up adoption of self-driving cars. Uh, there's still a last-minute push to get it passed this year, uh, but you've been among those saying, not so fast. Yeah, uh, it's sort of strange role for me because uh, my criticism years ago uh, of the auto companies was their technological stagnation and uh, th- that they weren't moving fast enough for crash protection and operational safety, whether it's tires, uh, handling, uh, vehicle dynamics, and of course, uh, seatbelts, rollover protection, side protection. And now I'm in a position where I'm saying, uh, you're going too fast. And uh, it's not just the auto companies in Detroit. Uh, There's a a frenzied dynamic with uh, companies in uh, California and Silicon Valley, Pittsburgh, and what, my criticism is uh, that, first of all, it's uh, a huge diversion away from modern public mass transit. Uh, you've been teaching uh, a long time, Alan, and you probably know about the proposal by uh, the transportation section of Northwestern University, what they called personal public transit, where people would hook into a vehicle on a line, a monorail, and unhook, um, and uh, that never went anywhere because you know, our, our mass transit priorities are have always been subordinated to uh, personal transportation. Uh, but what is happening now is happening in a terribly precarious vacuum. Uh, Congress no longer has a uh, Office of Technology Assessment, and so members of Congress on many technological fronts are not getting the advice that a sober OTA gave them until uh, Newt Gingrich suspended it in 1994. And we have uh, companies competing for uh, the imprint of modernism in the business pages, who's first, who's going to put more vehicles on, what kind of vehicles, when, uh, and uh, there, there is this frenzy going on with claims that are not supported by data that is publicly available and peer-reviewed. And so a, as a result, we have uh, claims that are way beyond uh, any kind of public verification, and the Department of Transportation is not requiring uh, the submission of uh, the database. One, uh, a recent head of NHTSA, when I asked him, I think it was a little over two years ago, what would you do if a reporter asked you about self-driving cars? What would your response be? And he said, no data, meaning no public data. There will be uh, whistleblowers. There will be internal memos leaked uh, 
from uh, Uber and Waymo and uh, GM and Ford indicating that they they were fully aware of the hazards of premature testing on public highways, among other things. So uh, the bill itself is almost can be characterized as get the federal government off our backs bill. Uh, it's almost laughable in terms of its advisory language instead of having mandatory performance standards based on open peer-reviewed data with adequate technical budgets for NHTSA for continuing research and inspections and tested ways of ensuring uh, public safety. Uh, so there's a lot more to say about this bill, and uh, the advocates for uh, highway and auto safety have uh, had their say that's backed up by the casualty insurance industry. They don't even have the information which to develop uh, insurance rate rates uh, for for these vehicles. So I, I I mean from an academic point of view, um, they're not substantiating their claims, and they're not making the case for slow it down. In other words, there are semi-autonomous systems that are very good, semi-autonomous brakes. Uh, NHTSA needs to standardize those uh, more, uh, and I don't think there's much quibbling with that. But for the whole and self-driving, you have economic repercussions, putting truck drivers out of work. Uh, but above all, you have premature deployment, if it's permitted, mixing with, of course, a much greater fleet of driver uh, driver-controlled uh, uh, cars, and the, the industry itself is jeopardizing public trust. I mean, if uh, they have some bad crashes and they go too fast, uh, people who really like to control their vehicle, psychologically embedded in the American psyche, they lose their the public trust. You can say goodbye to driverless vehicles for a long time. Uh, yes, and, and I think uh, I, I agree with you on, on so many of those points. Um, I actually, you know, I, I spent uh, at least 40 years of my life uh, t dealing with something called personal rapid transit, which uh, was your initial comment of little oh, vehicles out there. So, you know, try. But of course, that never happened because you had to build a you had to build uh, the infrastructure and the the gargantuan cost of the infrastructure. Nobody was there was just no money to do do that and 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 there wasn't a way to get started so of course uh, all of this uh, new uh, evolution came out of the thought well maybe we can put enough intelligence in each individual vehicle so that it can take care of itself and not crash and, and that's been basically the focus over the last you know almost 15 years is is to get to that point but there's but as you mentioned there there's there's a lot of misunderstanding out there as to as to what the technology uh, is and what it can do and what it can do at various points you know the, the, I like to point out that there is there are safe driving vehicles in other words we can put technology in the vehicle that that will not only um, um uh, do crash mitigation as has been done up to this point but also do the crash avoidance but that requires NHTSA to really focus on the automated emergency braking systems and have them really work as opposed to just sort of work. Uh, but in, but instead of really focusing on that, they've got, you know, then there's this whole business. Oh, well, my goodness, it can drive me. 
but you know, driving me uh, so that I don't do anything, or in fact uh, coming to me and and allowing me to ride without anybody in it is a whole different business in some sense, a whole different, in some sense, technology or or even reach. Um, to be able to do that than to just do the safety piece of not having these vehicles crash. And there's there's so much misunderstanding out there in terms of what anybody's talking about um, that 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 uh, you know we're we're we we have real problems and and we need we need better direction uh, coming from the federal government and to help well, us. Well, one, one thing, yeah, one thing uh, you know, I, I came across a, a quote by CEO Bill Ford of Ford Motor Company, where he said yes. it's really important we get it right rather than get it quickly. Uh, that was uh, that was echoed by the Toyota Research Institute CEO Gil Pratt, who said, "Quote: Things are changing rapidly, but this will be a long journey." End quote. Yeah, I mean, look at all the uh, uh, look at all the questions that need to be answered. What about the highway adaptations, driverless cars? There's very little comment in the public press on that. I re- attended a Deloitte conference on this subject a while back, and the one subject that no one wanted to talk about was hacking, um, b- both hacking by uh, the, the auto company like uh, VW, that you mentioned, or hacking by nefarious other extraneous actors. And uh, they don't want to talk about it. Well, the reason why they don't want to talk about it, I think, is because they don't have a defense against it. Uh, and uh, as you know, the the number of computer lines in, in, the, in a uh, self-driving vehicle are enormous, <laughs> and, and to me, that's the one biggest slowdown argument against self-driving cars is the hacking, which would terrify motorists. You know, I mean, <laughs> they have trouble enough controlling their com- computer on wheels now, and if they think that they're going to be tootling along and someone's going to uh, stop the brake or and you know there there was a, a, a an auto dealer some years ago who uh, switched off uh, a, a a late paying uh, used car owner. He missed his payments by noon on a day, and then he, he was on the highway. Suddenly, he couldn't move. Uh, so the hacking. What would you say about the hacking problem? Well, there there is the fundamental hacking problem. There is also in the in the AI and. Uh, portion of this the, this is possible of an adversarial attack the adversarial attacks are just like with respect to our own image processing that we do sometimes we get confused uh, there are illusions that are well known uh, and the, the part of the issue, at least uh, currently within you know the, the research community, has to do with with uh, well, what happens if you somehow just change the image a little bit, or as some have shown, if you put uh, if you put just a little bit of, uh, of tape on a stop sign, you know somebody's suggesting that it's recognized as a yield sign as opposed to a stop sign. So yeah. I mean that that's a whole you know other aspect of this that of course you know we need we all need there's an enormous amount of work that we all need to do it's yeah. it's I think very good that we're moving in this direction I think it's good for mass transit because I I so, I look at I look especially at the driverless piece 
as it being a shared ride uh, transportation. It's not that we would own them. It's that it's that they would be vehicles managed by. It could be New Jersey Transit in New Jersey. I mean, if they got their game, their act together. Um, who would then provide these these mobility providers on on a shared basis to provide mobility uh, for people that don't have it, uh, that don't have bus service, that uh, and, and provide it in a shared way. So in fact, it enhances uh, mass transit rather than 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 uh, reducing it. It doesn't take you to New York on 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 um on the northeast corridor it doesn't uh you know replicate uh, the new york city subway but but out here you know in princeton or in you know where where most of the country lives you know what what you need is something that's going to take two or three people between the same the same place at about the same time as opposed to a 50 passenger bus so these things could do that but they have to do it safely which is where you come in i mean you've been you you're 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 the leader of the safety movement it, it and and as as bill ford said it's we've got to do it right not fast and you know what we see in washington is the the focus is so much on driverless cars now in the Department of Transportation. There's a report about to come out from the National Transportation Safety Board that I think the industry has to pay close attention to. It's the first one on uh, the accidents that have occurred. And uh, But, you know, you hear very little about some long overdue upgrades of traditional crashworthiness and operational safety. Uh, there's a backlog, and... Uh, the Department of Transportation under the present leadership has very little interest in upgrading these kinds of things. As you know, the cra- the collision impact standard is pretty obsolete, um, and all of these things have to be upgraded, and they're not paying attention uh, to that. And, and uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really a strange thing. Is that when you look at the business pages, like 90% of coverage of the auto industry is not driverless cars. Uh, until recently, when GM just announced closing five plants, but don't you don't you think it's it's a, it's in need of a rigorous public process? And that I by that I mean university engineering departments, I mean the Department of Transportation, I mean con- good congressional hearings, I mean uh, a real thorough. Uh, technology assessment. I mean, I've talked to truck drivers who are just terrified when they hear that the first self-driving vehicles are going to be trucks on rural uh, interstates, and it's just terrifying. Well, I, I agree with you. I I think the technology should be, uh, in other words, the automated emergency braking systems should not allow you to hit anything that's ahead. I mean, my my goodness, we should have th- that's got to work before you take anybody out of the cab. Uh, we can't have we can't have Teslas running into parked fire trucks. Uh, we can't have Joshua Brown in, in, in Florida just because a truck crosses the, the lane in front of them. The brakes never come on. I yeah, mean, we're, yeah. we're not we're not getting the, you know, the fundamentals, you know, of this. Why? Because and, and if, even if you look at the at the crash of of um of Uber in Arizona, they turned off the automated emergency braking system. Why? Because it got false alarms and the false alarms would turn on the brakes when they 
brakes shouldn't be turned on, and therefore that reduced the, the, the ride comfort. So to have ride comfort, they turned the thing off so it wouldn't do that. But guess what? When there's finally a wolf there, it doesn't apply the brakes. Oh, my goodness. We can't get this right. Yeah, well, you know, uh, that's one of the holes in the Senate bill is that it doesn't have requirements to assure proper vision by a vehicle driven by computers. And, and uh, you know, in adverse weather like fo fog, snow, unclear well, highway marketings, lines, directional signals, <laughs> that's yeah, going to well, take billions uh, my, of dollars to upgrade. Right, right. But, you know, I, I say, that, you know, if, if there are no if there's so much snow that there are no lines, you shouldn't be out there in the first place. Get the thing <laughs> plowed. You know, we shouldn't be driving in fog. I mean, we're not doing this to, so that we can drive in fog. We're doing this so that, so that, you know, when it's nice and clear and whatever, we can we can provide mobility to people and people don't die. I mean, uh, let, let's get that piece done right and 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 then and then move on um you know let, it, let's put clear lane markings out there and good paint and 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 not let the car go out of the lane let's get those things right and 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 what that does for the truck driver is that improves the quality of life of the truck driver that that allows the truck driver to live longer you know that's good for the truck driver that doesn't pull the truck driver out out of there uh, maybe then then the the federal government will let the truck driver go out there and if, if if he or she doesn't have to do as much work might let them work an extra hour a day because that doesn't add more risk to, to the system and allow them to better feed their families that's a better way to go than all of a sudden say hey we're going to employ this person and throw them in the trash heap yeah, then you have to deal with uh, one of the most powerful lobbies in Washington, the American Trucking Association, the employers. <laughs> so, uh, well, but let's deal with them. I mean, you dealt with GM. I, the, the, those guys are easy, aren't they? Come on. <laughs> Come on, Ralph. <laughs> the best uh, – the, the, with the Congress we have, it's almost impossible to deal with the trucking lobby. <laughs> but the best autonomous vehicles, in my view, is – mass transit personalized and mass you know we the the technology is way ahead of public policy as you know and yeah. uh, that that's what we we need to invest in that we have hugely underinvested in uh, public transit even the traditional type is breaking up and obsolete and look at the train problems in the east coast for example so the, 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 you know, the problem is this is never discussed in elections. It's, it's never part of the deliberate democracy that we need, where candidates, you know, engage. It's almost like subjects never mentioned. You notice that on the debates, never mentioned. Um, um, and, uh, I, I don't want to go there because I'm so <laughs> depressed. So I, I don't. Uh, but you're absolutely <laughs> correct. I mean, you're you're absolutely correct, uh, and this is an important problem. It's an important part of our lives. It's an important part of the lives of us that 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 have access to mobility of a car that we can drive. But but if you look at the at the people that are you know economically uh, 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 challenged, I mean, they can't they can't get to a fifteen dollar an hour job at an Amazon um, uh, a facility in Robbinsville. Here, it takes them an hour and a half to get there. I mean, it's 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 terrible because we don't have a system to to provide them mobility. So, 
I looked at these – that's where I would like to see these systems uh, go is provide that mobility first and then you know do the rest and, and, and provide it in a shared basis. So it really is – it's not mass transit. It's with a little M. There are two, three, four people in the vehicle. It's, it's like we use elevators. Ralph, tell us what your thoughts are about what Waymo has been doing and – what role the government should be playing that uh, perhaps they aren't? Well, as you know, they they have uh, this bill would allow unlimited number of vehicles to be tested on roadways, and actually it was allowed and buried in the authorization bill in 2014 for the uh, Department of Transportation. So it's all all you got to do is look at the short uh, picture here. Uh, they're going to be more crashes, heaven forbid, and each in each casualty is going to get a hundred times more publicity than the current casualties on the highway. Why? Because it connects with fear by motorists of losing control of their vehicle. It connects with pedestrians who wonder if when they cross and the cars are all stopped, whether one of them uh, doesn't stop and plows into the pedestrian. So unless they deal with that anxiety, fear, and dread uh, by motorists, uh, some of it empirically based, some of it, you know, maybe not, um, they're not going to get anywhere. But, but they don't look at this. They're all in this frenzy, these six, seven, eight, ten companies. They're in a frenzy. Who is going to be viewed as first in the media? Who is going to be viewed as first to get whatever privileges they can get in any kind of legislation. I mean, you know, the legislation didn't even provide a budget for the Department of Transportation to hire experts in autonomous vehicles and create a technical capability. You know, if you can't do that, you can't regulate rationally. Absolutely. I mean, uh, that that's really part of the problem here is uh, assume that, uh, if we assume that the industry is is doing this correctly, all the intelligence is within the industry and 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 poor uh, federal department of transportation and nitsa i mean they're struggling to do what they had been doing and they can't do that they have they have essentially zero capability to to address this right and uh, what's going to happen is <clears throat> there's going to be all kind of cross when the pressure gets on uh, the, the companies will start blaming each other. They'll start uh, saying things behind their back. Things will get leaked. There'll be more anxiety and more secrecy. I mean, when you when you hear some of the claims that these companies make, like Waymo and so forth, you say, all right, please provide the data. So experts at Princeton and, and NHTSA and elsewhere, wherever, can look at it. Oh, no, it's proprietary. Now, you have to go to these technical meetings to realize that the one looming fear by this industry is they don't have defenses against hacking, all kinds of hacking, authorized, unauthorized upgrades by their motor vehicle company that sells you the car, and all kinds of freelance hacking. And, you know, you, you hear wild claims, which I, I hope you can either verify or, or reject, uh, Alan. And I heard one claim whereby – a sophisticated hacking operation can hack an entire model, let's say, of Toyota. That is like half a million cars that are on the highway at the same time. 
Is this possible? Well, I, hey, if it's a, if it's the same communications channel it, it, and it has uh, all the – they've all been mass-produced, guess what? They're all correlated, and if you if you uh, find the thing that, that uh, basically attacks one, it attacks them all because they're all the same. They're all correlated. They've all been replicated. I mean that, that's, that's the fear of all this. And then all these cars can suddenly go off the highway or stall in, in traffic, or uh, or whatever. Yes, there there are there are those. I you know, there's no proof that 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 we uh, that that you can't do that. I guess is the is the right way to put that. Well, you know, is, the, go ahead, Ralph. It's a problem. Let me interject. This it's a problem we had with the internal combustion engine, where the technology outstripped the science. And it took Arlie Hagen Schmidt at Caltech uh, in the 1960s to connect the internal combustion engine with photochemical uh, smog. So for over half a century, it took the science, which should be the governing discipline of technology, right. uh, it, it took them a half a century uh, to make that connection. While during 50 years, people were breathing all these noxious emissions and property was being corroded by them as well. And I'm afraid this is happening here. The technology is outracing the science that publicly I'm talking about. The technology is outracing the science that must be its governing discipline. Ralph, uh, let me let me get you to comment on this. We often have this debate uh, on the on the podcast. Why aren't pressures from the marketplace and public perception and even stock prices enough to ensure that these manufacturers, the Waymos, et cetera, are going to do this right? Well, number one, you'll notice uh, until it was dropped by pressure, the, uh, the Senate bill and the House bill uh, shielded these companies from product liability litigation. Uh, now that's being revised downward. They haven't yet solved it, but uh, trial lawyers, consumer groups are really all over senators uh, uh, on that one with the help of Senator Blumenthal and Senator Markey. So that, that's that's one. And th that is an important check. Nobody likes to be sued, uh, but we don't like to live in a country where nobody can be sued. So there's that paradox. But, but uh, the, the lawyers in these companies, if they think the company's going to be sued for crossing the line recklessly with some technological risk pattern, uh, they will say to the technologists, which filter up to the CEOs, you're going to be subjected to a, uh, a very serious product liability suit. You have to disclose all kinds of information you don't want to disclose, and it may actually turn into a class action. So that's one check. The stock market, unfortunately, is just the reverse. The, the high-flying stocks like NVIDIA, which went from $13 to 270 It's down now. But, uh, why? It's because they're connected with technology uh, affiliated with the, the forthcoming boom in, in self-driving cars. So the market, uh, the stock market has not rendered its verdict. Uh, the motorists, of course, haven't had a chance because there aren't many cars yet. But that's where the uh, rebuff uh, risk is greatest. That is really where the rebuff risk rate because of this deep set belief that I want to control my car and I don't want some extraneous provocations and penetrations to 
do what I don't want to do with my car. I mean, that, 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 and it doesn't take many crashes and fatalities to convey that because of the wide publicity that uh, these crashes are, are, uh, are being given. And one, one reason for the publicity is because the braggadocio of the industry is, hey, you know, nobody's going to get killed. Self-driving car doesn't get drunk, doesn't fall asleep at the wheel, doesn't get distracted with a cell phone. So they can, as the lawyers say, they can be hoist by their own petard here. Yes, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, I guess my belief is is that the technology can deliver the car that that rarely crashes. I mean, rarely. If we can't, then we shouldn't be doing any of this. Okay. If 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 that's I mean if if that's not what we're driving at, then then we should forget about it. We should you know continue with you know fins and 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 chrome and uh, fifty (laughs) five Chevys. I don't know whatever. Well, there there Uh, is a lot. There's a lot of traditional you know crashworthiness and operational safety to be put in mandatory standards. I mean the engineers are working all over the world on this. I mean. It's really when when you look at the the old braking systems and and you move to semi-autonomous brakes. When you look at uh, how much more effective at higher collisions airbags can be. When you look at how they're cushioning the, the side, all, you know, the side right. of the car and valve. I mean, there's a lot of traditional, old-fashioned, uh, adequately tested things that can reduce casualties and I might add uh, reduce. The crash in the first place. Right. I mean, I a mean, lot of bad uh, highway situations. Look at New Jersey. I mean, a right. lot of bad highway situations. Right. It, and, but there's also information that could be going. Uh, the continuous monitoring that could go in there and and intervene in your throttle and your brake and and not not let you crawl up my butt when when I'm driving there and 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 I like to argue. My goodness, my speedometer in my car says 160 miles an hour. Hour. I mean, where am I going to do 160 miles an hour in New Jersey? Isn't Please, that crazy? Auto- I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah, and, well, and they're selling you- they're selling what I call velocity fantasy. Right. <laughs> By I the mean, way, they, you know, they, in, they, in they, Europe they, and Asia, they're much more restrictive on uh, uh, the development of uh, autonomous cars. I mean, they're they're very tough about uh, allowing road actual road testing up to this point. Well, not just so when the industry says, "Well, we got to keep going fast because we got to keep up with the global competition," well, they're they're tougher in Asia and, and uh, Europe yeah, on this. Yeah. I think there's a lot of internal fear in the auto companies. I think they're on a fast track for the reasons just discussed with their competitors, and Silicon Valley is really pushing them much faster. And uh, but I think there's real dread that this thing is going to blow apart. As premature. Well, it, it, if as you mentioned right at the beginning, if it blows apart as premature um, uh, or anytime soon, it's going to kill the whole thing. Okay, because because if 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 we start not doing this right. Uh, I mean, uh, he, he, there was even an article today, you know, that sort of came out that that Waymo in in Arizona, you know, some people are going out there and and slashing tires and throwing, uh, you know, bricks through windows of these things because they don't like the intrusion. I mean, you know, uh, 
That's more public uh, revolt we, than perception. There, there's a, there's public revolt, uh, 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 you know, per, you know, perception out there. If if these things don't do good, if they don't, if they don't actually deliver safety, if they don't improve our mobility, if we really uh, find them as an intrusion. Um, all these folks out there chasing the, this uh, uh, this supposed market, it's not going to be there, I don't think. I mean, um, yeah, and every time there's a, a, a report that uh, Facebook is leaked, uh, Coo- the, hacked rather, right, and, and, and Google's been hacked, and right. uh, Target stores have been hacked, and and Equifax and, has been hacked, and Marriott, and, then they say, Marriott. and my car is going to be hacked? No way. No way. Okay. So, I mean, there, there's, so we really, uh, I mean, we do have to do this right. I mean, we, we, we just can't be, yeah. uh, you know, out there uh, swashbuckling on, on the deck and being a loose cannon. I, what about I've, this, Alan? What about a, a, what about a sequence? You, you develop a sequence uh, like a chain and, and this is a technology that is prone to, uh, it's only as good as its weakest chain. Right. Like hacking vulnerability right. to develop a visual chain of all the steps that need to be taken. And in the meantime, installing semi-autonomous type things that are safe and more self-contained and not yes. easily uh, uh, disrupted. And so people can see the bigger picture. And then the economists and the sociologists and the, the political scientists have to deal with things like how much are, are the states going to have? I mean, this bill in, in the Senate strips a lot of the state motor vehicle uh, authority. And and how about the unemployment? Uh, how about the conversion process? Because it, it's only as good as its weakest link. It's such a such an intricate technology that disrupts existing patterns, however uh, inefficient and wasteful the existing patterns are. They're there. You know, the, the, they can't be wished away. Let's do it. <laughs> that'll clear. That'll clarify. That, that would clarify. It, that 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 helps. And there and clarity is really important here because certainly, as you've mentioned, there's all the Sunday supplement stuff out there of everybody trying to you know um, get clicks or uh, or be able to say I'm ahead. And um, and of course that is leading a lot of folks to suggest, my goodness, um, uh, hey. Um, Let's let's be very careful here. And you know, by the way, there's a, there's a another fly in the ointment here. It's well known that for this to commercially work, the the auto companies producing these vehicles have to have more and more control away from the driver. Not just in the technology on four wheels, they have to deal with upgrades. They have to deal with recalls. They have to deal with monitoring data feedback and all that is going to irritate when it goes wrong especially is going to irritate the drivers just like that vw manipulation of the software on emission standards so that's why this sequence is very very important and and uh, and then the, the students in particular can look into this in an interdisciplinary manner uh, that is something more than formalistic. And by the way, uh, my niece, Rania Milleron, who's a PhD in the uh, health area, um, uh, with another colleague, just put out a book uh, entitled Ethics, Politics, and Whistleblowing in Engineering to try to get uh, 
engineering students and and practicing engineering to broaden their frame of reference and begin cranking this kind of uh, important variable into their calculations at the earliest time. Because as you know, the earlier, uh, the better. I mean, the, the engineers are the first responders. And the earlier they can anticipate these problems in fuller context, uh, the quicker they're going to be uh, the, resolved. The ethics piece is absolutely fundamentally necessary. Uh, you know, in some sense, it's too easy to cheat. And people are going to go out there and cheat. My goodness, uh, you you can't do that. You you can't do what Volkswagen did. Okay, that has to be. The, there are going to be crashes here. The the thing that's important in the crashes is okay. Let's learn from it. Maybe we weren't quite smart enough here, but let's at least learn from it. We've had this seven thirty seven crash uh, recently in the Pacific. Oh my goodness! You know, you, you, you had two sensors that were that, that were supposed to be giving you the same result, and but they they weren't. Uh, yet yet, uh, you know, the system didn't properly respond to the fact. Uh, hey, one of them's got to be wrong because the same answer has. To, we don't know which one, but my goodness, um, um, how can you go and automate an airplane? So I mean. But you you know, that, that raises the question of the limits of automation. Well, it's become course. extremely risky, extremely risky. Aviation has debated that. Well, but now course. it comes down to surface transportation vehicles. Right. And in some sense, if we, you know, even now uh, with with respect to the way the Waymo is operating or the California regulations, if you're not going to have a driver in there and they're going to be empty, you at least have to have a pipe in there so that you can remotely monitor these things. And so that there's a operations center someplace so that there's there's some human oversight at some point so that as things you know begin to happen at least you can pull the thing over to the side and and summon a a, a tow truck triple a that's another that's another loophole in the legislation there's no uh, real safety review it's just well and it says uh, send us your reviews yeah well we've you know, seen like, the... send us your nice brochures yeah no, um, if you've seen those that's what they've looked like they've looked like nice brochures at least uh, at least some of them so um for those that have even bothered they even send them to NHTSA anyway um the industry is not thinking other than this frenzied race, who's ahead on a certain day in a certain year? Because they should want strong uh, regulation. They should want publicly reviewed data. Because let's say their competitors are engaging in shenanigans with secret data that they're misinterpreting uh, for the public. Well, you know that's an unfair method of competition. Uh, wow. They should want that. I think they're very worried. I think it's out of out of their control. I really say that about the auto industry. Well, I, I really I mean, think it's I, out of their control. I mean, what I've said is with respect to safety, they should not be competing on safety. They should be cooperating. If somebody trips over a problem, uh, then then they should be sharing the solution. If Boeing tripped over a problem because of the crash in the Pacific, uh, they should share that with Airbus. The, the objective is is to make the system it, – it, it's, it's tough to be safe. 
and we should be working on it. It's not collusion. It's not uh, you know creating a monopoly or something like that. It, well, they can share you know, it through the Department of Transportation. Or you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the me- whatever mechanism is, but sure. they really should be working together on safety. They shouldn't say, "Oh my goodness, this is now my competitive edge." You know, I'm going to lead the others down the primrose path to some you know <laughs> mega. Um, calamity, uh, but because but I know the answer of how to get around. It. I mean that's just that's just ridiculous. So, but uh, you know that would probably take some legislation because because you know, coll- you know collusion, antitrust, blah blah blah. You know lawyers get in there and and, and give you that one on that. Well, we can't cooperate because though. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's I, who we wanted. To, we wanted that kind of mandatory reporting. Yeah, it's just out of their own self-interest. They're not behaving rationally. They're in this frenzied race, and and it's just out of control. <laughs> There'll be a lot of insider memos and whistleblowing coming, and industrial espionage accusations. In the meantime, we should spare some of our attention for upgrading existing operational and crashworthy standards in today's vehicles and, absolutely and, and, that's and investing more in in mass transit where you know uh, you, you need you need more mass transit in the east coast and you need in the, the you know the uh, rural missouri and so we got to pay attention to that especially for low-income people like you say that here in washington they Low-income people work in these fancy suburban houses cleaning them. They got to get up at four thirty in the morning just to get there. But that's a whole other topic. Um, yeah, Ralph, um, it's so great to have you with us, uh, and um, um, it's it's nice to see that you're still completely enthusiastic about all of this stuff. Huh? It's been a well. We uh, we started uh, Princeton Project Fifty Five to. Yeah. Develop broad-based citizen graduates of Princeton. They can deal with these kinds of problems, and uh, I think uh, I'm very proud of my classmates for doing that. And you should visit their headquarters. It's right off campus. They have eight or nine staff. They've renamed it Princeton Alumni Corps, and they've placed thousands of Princeton undergraduates and graduates in civic uh, change groups all over the country and in some foreign countries. There's no class in the history of the United States that's done that. Well, I I shall go visit. And Ralph, we're hoping that we can get you back on with us before long and maybe see you at at a conference at Princeton before long. Yes, I hope so too. Uh, we'll be sure to uh, get you here May 15th or 16th uh, for the third uh, summit that we'll hold here on smart driving cars uh, because we uh, look this is uh, we, we we need to engage in the dialogue Ralph Nader thank you so much for taking the time with us you're very welcome well don't know what to say after that but we do have some other news to cover from the latest edition of the smart driving car newsletter uh, first off, SAE International has released an updated visual chart for the levels of autonomous vehicles from zero to five. And I sense, Alan, that you're less than happy. 
of course I'm less than happy. My goodness, you know, uh, if they're going to continue with the levels, why do they continue to make it complicated and confusing? You know, level zero is no automation. You don't need to bother with level zero. Okay, you have none. It's a 55 Chevy. Everybody understands that. And then level five continues to be everywhere and fully whatever everywhere and at all times nothing is everywhere and at all times that will never happen and so why include that i mean that's useless and what they then do is is basically um down in they partitioned the the the, the view into two segments one is individual uh, sort of safety, what really what we call safe driving cars. And then they choose to have two levels there as to whether or not uh, it's operating your throttle and, and, and your brake or your steering. Uh, and they're two different why, or, or both. I mean, why, why not just use an and or there and have it be one? You know, these are these are, you know, fundamental um, uh, controls, uh, automated controls on the on the on the uh, things that you can control, which are throttle, brake, and, and steering, and doesn't say anything about taking your hands off the feet or uh, off the pedal, off the off the wheel, or feet off the pedals. It just makes sure that the that the kind of steering commands and brake and throttle commands uh, don't have you plowing into the rear of a vehicle or or getting uh, uh, out of the lane when you shouldn't be. Uh, those are the safe driving cars. But what's even worse is on the other side, though, that they they actually uh, make it so that it, it seems like they're level three and level four. It's just a simple evolution from one from one to the other where they're fundamentally different. Three is self and four is driverless. Self requires a human oversight, period. That is completely different than driverless, which doesn't require a human oversight. Now, whether or not you can just do this on in your geofenced area in, in, in certain driving conditions, of course you can only do that in certain places. And that's that's separate. But what they do is underneath, they sort of indicate that, you know, they, those things are kind of an, an easy an easy move from one to the other, an easy evolution. It's not. So darn it, SAE, go back to the drawing board again. They've taken a perspective that, in fact, these things are going to be personally own vehicles and they fail to recognize that driverless will not be personally owned they they they, they because of the requirements that that will be necessary to be for these vehicles to be safe if there's no driver inside they will they will at least for a very long time they will only be uh, available in in uh, in in uh, to fleets and 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 responsible management systems um consumer marketplace for this uh, no and and they fail to 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 basically create a a real difference in those in those levels and um and it, they've got to go back to the drawing board and and um you know they their new changes didn't didn't improve anything and and um and possibly made it even worse I, instead I'm, of I'm clarifying it, instead of clarifying it, it went in the other direction 
I, I you know, it, it, maybe it didn't go in the other direction. They certainly didn't make any any advance in 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 trying to make it so that in fact there is a really fundamental understanding that in in level three it has to have uh, adult supervision, and level four for it to be level four it can't have adult supervision those are fundamentally different things they're fundamentally different markets they're fundamentally call them different levels but make sure don't color them the same color don't put a bar underneath it that basically indicates that geez well you know one or the other i'm pure i i thought that they that they were going to make advances oh my goodness uh, they didn't well, Sorry. Let's, let's talk about one advance here, at least a, a bit of an advance. Uh, Columbus, Ohio now has a, a public self-driving shuttle. Right. So, you know, in the shuttle business, they're out there. looks like they're, they've made it available to the public to use. They have an attendant on board as we've, you know, decided, uh, you know, it's okay to have an attendant on board in the beginning. Again, uh, the objective is to make sure that we're safe. And, and that people are comfortable in there and they're anxious. And then at some point, you know, after everything's working well and we are sure that it's safe, then you go to the next step and you remove the attendant. All right. And as the system grow, then that's going to allow the system to grow. You'll be able to use the attendant in the new places that you're going to expand service to. And, 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 um, and so that's um, um, congratulations to Columbus. Well, things seem to be going pretty well of late for Elon Musk and Tesla. He even showed up on 60 Minutes. Last yeah, had him on 60 Minutes, but poor Elon, you know, he just can't help himself because he's then overselling autopilot. I mean, he's he's there then trying to be like with the SAE thing. He thinks he has a really good SAE Level 3 car. I mean, I you know, that basically does self-driving. But but in everything that he has there, he's not going anywhere where you can begin to think about uh, not having adult supervision on there all the time. Okay, and 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 that's not the direction that he's taken it, and he shouldn't suggest that 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 what he the steps that he's been taking is really in that direction. Yes, he can do intelligent cruise control. Yes, he can do lane changing. Yes, he can. And he, soon he's going to be able to understand the stop sign and stop. Okay. But still, the, the thing is not going, he's not going to limit the places uh, that that operates to a set of places where, in fact, you can have a human out of there. And and that's not where where he's taking it, and and he may not even have the sensors on board that are going to allow him to do that at, at at this point in time, and his AI isn't good enough, and he shouldn't be suggesting that 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 it is. He's trying to sell cars to individuals. Okay, stay there. Don't try to build a vehicle for a fleet that a fleet operator is going to use to provide uh, 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 affordable mobility uh, to the mobility disadvantaged and the economically disadvantaged. You know, that's not what you're doing. You're selling an expensive car to rich people. Continue to do that. You're doing a great job at Well, what would stand in the way of him expanding the concept into vans and providing that kind of public transportation and and growing the technology? 
Well, that, I, that you I wouldn't mind, I guess. I wouldn't mind him doing that, but he's going. He's going to have to put a lot more testing, a lot more, um, um, uh, a lot better code in his technology, and he's going to have to really look at where uh, this is operating and the geofenced area and in what conditions, and uh, and then and then really do that. And in some sense, the way Waymo has done it in Phoenix. You know, they've tested the hell out of it and decided that, yes, it works well enough in 5% area of Phoenix is, I think, what, what's been quoted. Great. Do that. But don't do not do it in a vehicle that you're, you're trying to sell in Massachusetts and Florida and in Washington State and Illinois and Texas and California. Uh, you know, you haven't done your homework to do that. And while he's uh, talked about possibly buying one of those uh, GM factories, that's closing, <laughs> ARS Technica yeah, sure. ran a story saying, well, why doesn't he just buy GM? Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, you know, the marketplace has reacted. We, we, let's wait and see how he does in the next quarter. And if it's profitable in this, in this uh, next report, quarterly report, he might just well go buy GM because um, – um, my goodness, um, um, Wall Street tends to like him and for good reason. I mean, he's, he's really done. He's created a very good product. He's, he's hyped it. Uh, but, uh, for a large part, it's, it's achieved the hype, um, in a large part, except for this business of thinking that, that it can be driverless, um, and he should um, he should really back off and say, my goodness, you know, we've we've really accomplished something here. And um, and let's make sure that uh, we um, continue to deliver on that one. The rest of it can take care of itself with over time. And finally, in, in the newsletter, you comment on a New York Times uh, piece that talked about the apps that are tracking us everywhere. Pretty scary stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, when we first put Copilot on the market in 1997, one of the things that we did is that, that we, of course, um, uh, captured the GPS tracks of the person that was using it. The reason we did it was that, so that we could debug it. So if the if the turn-by-turn navigation system didn't work, they could send us their GPS tracks and, and we could, you know, figure out, well, why didn't it work? Um, uh, but I think that that what what is happening, you know, twenty some year le- years later, is that uh, is that any app uh, can go in there and turn on your GPS receiver or your location finding uh, uh, system in your in your iPhone, and then sit there and basically just capture those data, and then every once in a while just upload it, and whether I guess they tell you about it in your and your and whatever you click to to say I accept. I mean, what are you going to do? You want this app for what it's going to do? Or are you going to say no? I don't accept. Of course you accept. Nobody reads that. And all of a sudden, uh, buried somewhere in some fine print, says, "Hey, I'm going to do that every once in a while." And guess what? Whew. They now know where you've been. Uh, you know, and since we're creatures of habit. Uh, I guess somebody uses that to figure out how they can, you know, get into your wallet and, and take your money. Uh, so, um, um, as I've suggested, maybe the only way around this is to uh, maybe turn off the turn off the uh, the cellular phone and go back and get a landline and go back to copper. <laughs> 
<laughs> whatever. Um, um, it is, I, you know, hey, somebody watches what I do uh, all day or all week, they're going to be really bored. Okay, uh, great. Have a ball with it. But, um, you know, it really is intrusive. And, and of course, the, the things that they pointed out in that uh, and, and did it very well in terms of their presentation of of, um, of information graphics and so on. I mean, you read that thing, you say, whoa, what is 1984? Here we are. And very well written. That is it for this edition. We want to thank Ralph Nader for being here with us. After all of these decades, still such an important voice on this and in so many other areas as well. Uh, great to have him. It was a real pleasure. You can find us at smartdrivingcar.com, now on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spreaker, and more. You can ask your smart speaker to play us, too. You can find my tech reports at textonation.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thank you for listening.